Welcome back to Everyday Elevations, the podcast where we transform ordinary moments into extraordinary outcomes. So today I'm very excited to have a special guest on for this episode. Her name is Jessie Cushenberry, and she's the founder of Visionary Wellness, as well as having a degree in exercise science and nutrition. Her philosophy is not just to look at the surface, but to dive into the subconscious patterns that tend to lead to self-sabotage and willpower struggles. With that, I don't want to give too many details away about what you do, so I'd love to hear a little bit about your backstory, how you came into this work, and then from there, just talk to me about what you do and some of your passions. Absolutely. So I've always known I wanted to go into exercise science. I've always been fascinated by the science of exercise. I was exposed to exercise science labs even in high school. So I knew that's where I wanted to be. I thought I was going to be more on the research end of everything because I'm super fascinated by all this little things that go on in your body, like literally every single second of the day and every breath we take. But as soon as I got into my exercise physiology core courses, literally exercise 101, my professor came to me and said, hey, I got somebody I want you to work with. Um, She's very high up in the university. And she'd just been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And her doctor said, the best thing you can do to prevent the symptomology of rheumatoid is to move. So she went to the exercise science department and therefore I helped her. And within three weeks, sleeping better, feeling better, playing with her grandkids on the floor again. And I knew literally helping people was my purpose on this planet. So unequivocally that's amazing <laughs> love that so many people don't know their purpose and don't find it to later in life case in point me but you said you helped her like what can you go into a little bit without going into too too much de- detail about what you did to help in that case i'm just trying to get a picture in my head of what, you, what was going on in that so all we did was weight training literally weight training had that much impact on her well-being and exercise So I usually implement, if I'm somebody's only outlet for exercise, they're not playing tennis, golf, whatever else, walking, I usually do a combination of HIIT and weight training. So there'll be a little cardio intervals, and that depends on the person. You know, some people I have doing burpees, and some it's just walking in place with high knees. So it doesn't have to be specifically, you know, CrossFit level intense. (laughs) whatever high intensity is for that person. So that's what we did. And her results literally three weeks in the sleeping better, the feeling better, all of that. The weight training is super, super impactful. I cannot emphasize that enough, especially for the women out there. Hmm. I think more guys are naturally more inclined to do weight training, but weight training for women is probably the most Potent anti-aging health producing activity you can do. Can you break down a little bit as to why that is? Because I'm just curious how how it prevents the anti-aging and everything. You'd think I'd know more about it, but I, I always love to learn a little bit. Oh, God, I'd love to go on and on <laughs> about this. You might have a 30-minute episode just on this if you don't watch out. Um, so 
your muscle is literally your metabolic engine. It is what the fire is just burning. The more muscle you have, the more calories you burn a day. And I know a lot of women are afraid to get too big and bulky. Well, the women who you think look that way, they took testosterone to get there. Okay, so naturally women, you're not going to get super bulky and look like a dude just by lifting weights. I promise I lift more than most and I don't look like a dude. I mean, there are some ladies who do want to look like a dude. That's their choice. The society, pick your pick your poison, you be you. Um, but a natural woman is not going to look like a man. She's just not got the hormones to make that happen. That makes sense. But also, so the calorie burning, literally one of my clients, she started at the age of 69 with me, never having weight trained before. In one year, we put nine pounds of muscle on her. But at the same time, because it raised her metabolic rate, she lost nine pounds of body fat, not changing her diet at all. Interesting. We lost more body fat when we did change her diet. But at the beginning for the first year, we just did 45 minutes of weight training twice a week. That was the only difference. That makes sense. So it's funny because I'm kind of the direct opposite. I have a good, especially with the baby. I had a, I had, I had a strategy in place for exercise and then it just went out the window. I, I'm just trying to force myself back into it. But I have the diet down. I'm very good about what I eat, what I put into my body. It's just the getting in the gym is I'm so unmotivated for weightlifting. So I just try to find different ways to do body weights myself and just trying to, like, like you said, I know this right away when I started getting working out consistently, like I was getting muscle and then burning fat back when I used to consistently work out and lift weights, I was in the military. So I didn't have any real fat on me in the first place. because I was supposed to be built like a brick house and everything. Right. Right. But, well, one thing I would suggest, and I think a lot of people need to hear this. Just because you can't get in the gym and do an hour, don't worry about it. Do 10 minutes. If you have to do like, I would call them exercise snacks, <laughs> you know, instead of having a big meal of exercise, have a little snack of exercise and 10 minutes throughout your day, two or three times, you've got 20, 30 minutes of exercise in. Okay. It still has the benefit of doing that. And a lot of people get caught up and you got to do the 30, 45 hour because that's when certain things start to happen. But if you're looking for the weight training component, you know, knock out some Tabata pushups and some burpees and hang from a tree, <laughs> you know, um, you know, get one of those pull up bars for the door frame and just knock out a little bit of it at a time. As long as it's getting done, don't overthink where and when it has to get done. That makes sense. As long as you're making progress and stacking little victories, you're still improving. Stacking the victories. And I'm sure, I mean, your podcast is about elevating everything. So elevate those business victories, the physical victories, all of that. Go together. Stack them. Oh, yeah. I have a life coach now, and he was talking about the fact that, hey, his foundation is physical fitness. Use that for every other aspect. He's like, look, the reality is if you're not physically fit, there's a lot of things that are going to fall off in your life. But besides just your health, like naturally someone who's more physically fit is more in, 
inclined to ha- to uh, have confidence and really more people are more willing to listen to you. As terrible as it sounds, we're just a very um, appearance-based society here. So they're more more willing to buy into you if you're a if you look a certain way, so on and so forth. What he's saying, he's like, is it, is it as horrible as it sounds? That's just the sad reality of the world. So that's why I push people to set that foundation to work out, like get the exercises. It doesn't matter how you get it, how long, as you said, just get it in and you're going to feel better and get natural energy throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And if you only have a couple minutes, get a walk in, get a quick set of weights in, you know, have some of those bands at home that you can do things with, you know, and you can travel with those. I have a lot of clients that I work with remotely, they literally, that's the other thing. It's a priority to them. Mm -hmm. My most successful clients make it a priority. They are going to schedule me, whether they're in a hotel room, they're at home, they're at the gym. And sometimes they're working out and you can go on my Facebook. There's a guy working out with flip-flops in a band because that's what he had in the hotel room. He forgot his shoes. You know what? So we make it work. It's fine. And scheduling it is what is going to impact your success most. So for you, you're a little wishy-washy on your schedule because you have a newborn. So instead of setting it at a time, set it when the baby goes down the first 10 minutes after the baby goes down, then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and have a plan for that X, Y, and Z. Because you know the baby's eventually going to go down because they're not up 24-7. <laughs> they're up a lot, but they're not up 24-7. You know, so it at least tied to a schedule of some sort. Okay, I like it. I was trying to base the, I was based off timing, actually. But not as loose timing. It's like a weird mix of what you're talking about with um, when the baby goes down and also, like, I have a set time frame when I know when he's going to typically wake up way too early in the morning so like <laughs> so he, he has this pattern and he, of course he threw it off the past two days but he likes to wake up around three thirty-four. i was like perfect i'm just gonna suffer the rest of the day once i put him down i'm gonna go outside and exercise and that's kind of like been my game plan and then the past two days he's like oh, i'm gonna sleep till 5 a.m which is basically when i get ready for work <laughs> but yeah like i said people that are most successful at least have a plan in mm-hmm. place. And will the plan get derailed sometimes? Of course it will. It, we're human. It's life. And lifing happens. But if you have a general platform of when things are going to get done, you're so much more likely to follow through and get it done and not regret and not second guess yourself and beat yourself up and get into that mental cycle of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Because up here can be a shit storm too. Oh yeah, and you always a lot of people, myself included, give give ourselves like a lot of reasons to doubt things or like question it and create excuses not to. So that's been since having the baby, that's been my biggest issue. I know what I want to do, I schedule it, and I still give a reason not to. Like, oh, I need that extra thirty minutes of sleep because I have this going on at work today. So I mean, this is one of those things where more of an internal thing I have to work on. But what you're saying makes perfect sense. And that comes back to what you were talking about before, is that habits and self-sabotage and, and all that. 
I work with a lot of people. And I personally believe there is no such thing as willpower. Hmm. Yeah. That's probably a controversial <laughs> thought, but that's okay. I'm ready for it. Bring I it. I'm all for it. So whenever somebody says they have no willpower, I ask them about their life, about things that have happened in their life. Tell me about growing up. Tell me about childhood. And I think I'm off my rocker at first. But I can pick out in five seconds of them telling me their story. Why they're getting in their own way. Um, One, actually, I spoke to just the other day, Monday, about why she has let her health go. She says she's 50 to 70 pounds overweight. Doesn't work out. She's in for it. She's ready to go. But in talking to her, I have to figure out what's gotten in her way before so that it doesn't happen again. You know, three weeks in when the honeymoon phase is over of a resolution or goal or whatever, because we all know about three weeks in, it starts to get a little sketch. And she is always putting everybody else first. And I said, why is that? And I said, I would be willing to bet that in childhood, you were asked to take care of either siblings or sick parents, et cetera. And she got goosebumps and she said, wow, yeah. So way back in childhood, it was she was conditioned to put other people before her. And it has continued until she's 50 years old. Wow. So understanding that, it's important for her to get her husband on board with her. So it's not putting her first and her health. Her husband needs to come on the journey with her. So she's doing it for them and not for her. Because her subconscious is going to get upset if she, if it, feels like she's doing something for her because that's not been okay her whole life. So she has to frame what she's doing as for him, for them, so that they can travel together, so they can spend time together. They're going to have to work out together. So it is a not her putting herself first and him on the back burner. They have to do together. And in understanding that, That's where the victory comes in and the long-term success. That's where the, where you're diving into subconscious patterns plays a huge role. That's interesting. Huge. And that's why I say it's not willpower because if she starts and then she gets a little, her again, subconscious rules the roost, whether we like it or not. Her subconscious would get a little scared that she's putting herself first. And that's not been okay in her life. She's going to self-sabotage. Going to talk herself out of doing it. She's going to find reasons why things are going to come up that she needs to take care of her husband or or whatnot because that's what her pattern's been. And that's what she'll revert to. Makes sense. That's pretty cool that you came to that too. So, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for, what, 20 plus years now you I believe um, your website said, so you, you have a little bit of experience in this. <laughs> I do. I, it's kind of funny. I'm like, I'm hesitant to say how long I've been doing it because I try to deny age to the best of my ability. Like I'm still 
30, right? And then I think about it. No, I actually have a 19 year old. I'm not really 30 anymore, <laughs> but <laughs> 32. So, right. So I am 32 with 20 something years of yeah. experience. So I look at it. <laughs> so yeah, and it just, it comes to understanding people. And I think that's what sets me apart from other nutritionists and fitness gurus. And it's not just put this on your plate. Don't put that on your plate. Do this exercise. Don't do that exercise. It's not just that. It's success comes from understanding the person. Yeah. And that's the vibe I get from you too, is just like based on this conversation, because I've had people try and personally train me and they do, they tailor it a little bit to, to me, but then they're also just kind of doing a one size fit all with just mild tweaks to it. Well, minor, minor tweaks. Um, and it's like, okay, I know this is just like a standardized program that you're kind of tweaking here and there, but how do you actually tailor this to me as a human being? And they never delved into the subconscious. What's causing me to stop my consistency on certain things. And so that's, that's awesome that you do that. Cause that's going to be a huge tool for anybody who's getting coached by you as I'm sure it has been. And it explains why you have so many success stories as well. Because you're doing more than just creating a workout or a nutrition program. You're giving them a whole lifestyle program. You're helping to reprogram how they're essentially their brain's working right now. Absolutely. And it does go above and beyond. You know, there's a lot of folks in the coaching industry that say how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's kind of cliche in our field of coaching and whatnot. but. It really does feed into understanding that part of even the exercise. And then how can you take that to your work and your family life and your family relationships and all of that? Okay. Well, I'm going to kind of change gears here a little bit. I, I'd love to learn, because I know you have a couple of side projects going on here. I'd love to learn a little more about something yeah. that's really new and exciting in your life going on right now. So I'll let you take the floor. Absolutely. So I have this passion project. Again, if you couldn't tell before, helping people is my passion. But something that's going to help me create more of an impact even globally. Um, I created this journal to wellness. So the user benefits from this because there's daily tracking of hydration and diet, whether it doesn't matter what diet you're on. Did you do what you planned to do, sort of? So there's daily habit tracking. There's gratitude and intention and lesson section because I don't believe in failure. I believe in learning lessons from it. So it's really going to help the user day to day kind of stay home in on their target. But all of the profits are going to help rescue victims of human trafficking. Wow. Okay. That's huge. Human trafficking is happening under our noses every single day. And I'm in Atlanta. I don't know where you are. So I'm, where in, are you? I'm in Denver. Forget. Okay. So Atlanta is number five in the country for trafficking. Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't know any statistics Again. on that. So, Well, unfortunately, it is the, here's a, a stat for you. Human slavery is higher now than when slavery was legal. Crazy. It's awful. 
And it is heart-wrenching, especially like as a parent, as a woman, as a human. It's awful to think that another human is doing that to another human. But it is happening. And I have been drawn to this cause for a while. I have been giving to this cause since 2017 when I when I was exposed to learning about it. And it came to me about a month, month and a half ago that this is one way that I can do more. I already give 10% of everything I do with visionary wellness. But this is a way I can have even a bigger impact. Oh, I love it. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, how did you come to get more knowledge on that? Like, how did it arrive into your life? Uh, if it's not too, I don't want to. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, I have actually been through pretty much every form of abuse possible to another human. I have actually been through that. So I have experienced in that, which potentially has drawn me to that cause a little bit more, you know, versus I love animals too. And I give to the humane society and whatnot, but as far as a global cause for me, perhaps that's why I'm a little more drawn to that cause versus others. Um, back in 2017, I learned of a group that actually goes in and literally boots on the ground, ex-military guys, ex-CIA guys, literally boots on the ground and does rescue operations. And they work with local authorities and governments because the governments, there's a lot of money changing hands and it's a little too touchy for the governments themselves, which is stupid. (laughs) I know I'm not making excuses, but unfortunately we can't change the world. You know, as far as politics goes, I wish we could, but we can't. Um, So these guys literally go in and perform the operations. You know, a lot of SEALs and, you know, lots of special forces guys are participating. And I just thought that was a very worthy cause. So that is where I was first made aware of it. And I was invited to, as one of their donors, to a dinner about six weeks ago or so and listen to one of the guys who runs ops for them. He's ex-CIA and another guy who, if you have watched the movie Sound of Freedom. I have not. He's basically the vampiro character. Okay, that's good to know. He actually is the real life, what they made vampiro he is the guy that is him and so he spoke and it was just super powerful and that these people are so passionate about what they're doing and helping people i just wanted to be able to help more and i woke up three o'clock in the morning about two weeks later I knew exactly what needed to be done, how it needed to look. And I used the old AI <laughs> dolly to create the cover. So, yep, diving into AI, I am. Dolly is amazing. Um, but I knew it needed a starfish. It needed the, the sunset beach with the teal colors because teal and lime green are my logo. 
I knew exactly how it needed to look. I knew what needed to be in it, the whole mm. bit. And it went from thought to on Amazon one oh, week wow. later. Okay. Seven I days. I execute quick, but you're on the next level. Like my podcast is like thought, well, then create the name really quick, like in 30 minutes, then create the, what I want to do for the podcast episode. And then it was like two weeks later before I released, I was like, Oh, head of the back. But holy cow, did you execute quick? No, I give you all the pats on the back in the world. You know, this, this idea, I just woke up knowing exactly what it needed to look like. And the cool thing is we have AI now, so could create the cover exactly how I want it to, to look without lots of revisions with graphic artists and stuff. So just use my resources and self-published it on Amazon. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I'm getting big on AI myself, but it's been very fast. I've learned not to use words in Dali because, God, is it off what adding letters that make no sense and stuff. I was like, okay, just give me the picture. <laughs> give me the picture, then you put it in Canva and you play with the words in and Canva. It took me way too long <laughs> to figure that out. I was like, why can't you just spell a simple word? <laughs> but, which is so funny because it's partnered basically with chat GPT, which is mm-hmm. all word. Like, come on, can we get like, the whole thing together? The coding? Like, there's <laughs> clearly something wrong in the coding where it just makes these random spurts. Yeah. So that's why we have to play with Canva and fix that up ourselves. So, yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, I love it. So I'm just curious because I know this journal has been a huge part of your upcoming journey here, or current journey, I should say, along with your coaching. Is there anything else you kind of have in the works that you're getting ready to uh, release or anything like that? I'm just, no, we haven't really talked about it, but. So I think. Um, one of the things that I'd like to do, and I did it in person last year at a country club that I actually do a lot of my personal training out of as far as monthly learning lessons of metabolism and sleep and just monthly like sessions where people can come have some wine and dinner and learn and ask questions. I'd like to do that on a wider platform. So that's Maybe like a down. retreat or something like that? or or That's probably Q3, <laughs> Q4. All right, I'm looking okay. at. I can see it. Yeah. Um, but for now, more like the webinar ah, type. That's, that's awesome. That's exciting. Um, please keep me in the loop on that, by the way, because I want to pay close attention to this because I actually plan to reach out to you on coaching at this point because I love the way you're doing things. So um, oh, that's, thank you. Something one of the fun parts of this podcast, I, I meet a lot of really interesting people and learn so much. Honestly, why I started it is mostly a selfish thing. Initially, like I, I knew I don't think we really talked too much about it because we didn't get a chance to hop on a pre-call. So I started this podcast because I wasn't happy with certain aspects of where I was at in life. At the time I wasn't happy in my spiritual bucket, my financial bucket, and my emotional bucket. Because my financial and my spiritual were so low, those buckets. My emotional bucket was all jacked up. I mean, they kind of, they all essentially go hand in, oh, and physical. Um, they all go hand in hand. And so I started working on each one individually and now better person because of the things I've learned. And it was meant to be an accountability tool. It's all this is for. It's just a fun, I didn't expect anybody to listen to my podcast. Like, it's amazing that people do. Uh, for me, it, whether someone listens or not, like now it, now it matters because I know I can impact people. But when I first released, I was like, yeah, I was right. like, someone listens, cool if they don't whatever. 
the whole point is for me to learn and become a better person for my son. That was my whole motivation. I was like, I don't, I can't be this person I am right now when he's born four months later. And so I've already noticed leaps and bounds changes just from doing the podcast. Like I said, I met some really, really cool, interesting people. Um, and they amazing. You're one of those people. Like I think, oh. thankfully oh. I met Julia back Thank in, you. uh, 2019, I want to say, we went to Camp BYLR, uh, Jesse's first little adult day camp. Yeah, so he and I met through his virtual the course. BYLR? Okay. All right. BYLR. Yeah. So I haven't done the day camp yet because I'm <laughs> all over the place doing other, but that is on the radar to do. So it is funny that that's how Julie and I yeah. met as well. She is, yeah, she was awesome. Was, I hung out with her and a guy named, uh, why did his name just disappear? I've been friends with him for years now. Jeremy Pratt. Those are, um, and then Matthew Reese. Those are three people. Like we're like a little, little peas in the pod. Um, and it was just so much fun, that whole thing. And like, she's amazing. And she introduced us. So like, that's one of those people like you come across it. Awesome. I didn't. <laughs> expect anything ever come of it i just thought hey you know new person to be friends with and chat with here and there oh well i think that this is my own spiritual view of a little bit bigger broader topic i guess but i really feel like that you kind of have a soul tribe i mean there's millions of people and you connect with the couple that like stick with your life you know what i mean and so I think she's part of your spiritual tribe and mine and you know now we're connected and I just think it's cool. Yeah. The web of the people we're supposed to meet along I our path. I, I agree. Yeah, there's definitely a spiritual tribe. There's people who I I also believe people come to your life at times when they're needed to and they exit when they're supposed to as well. Um very firm believer. I don't stress when someone comes in or out of my life because I know that it's I'm a believer in fate. And so that's one of the things where I love mm -hmm. when fate happens and things are just cool things happen in life. I'm like, hey, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Nothing yeah. else I can really do other than be yeah. where I'm at. Well, and the other thing is that I firmly believe is follow those nudges. Your nudge to make a podcast, my nudge to make a journal, you know, follow those nudges because that's what's putting you on the path you're supposed to be on. Absolutely. Love, and there might be, and I'm putting it out there. I'm probably hamstringing myself a little bit by doing it, but there may eventually be a book called The Yellow Brick Ooh. Road, where we're all on our own path to Oz, our own personal Oz, and for a while, my path might intersect with yours, and that's great. And then it might divert, and it might go on forever. And every brick is a lesson. Or a win. You're like, oh, that worked great. And if it didn't, then you're like, okay, what do I learn from it? And how do I move on from this brick once I learn that lesson? Yeah. Okay. I see, I'm a I love that too. This this conversation is already so much fun. <laughs> uh, it's one of the things where I used to have a negative mentality for a long time where like, oh, I I failed here. Now I look at it like I didn't fail. Like again, what you said. What did I learn from it? There's never a failure. There's just a lesson to be learned in everything. And some of the best entrepreneurs have failed a bunch of times. 
But really what it is, they've learned where they're going wrong and how they can fix that. That's how they became so successful. Right. And then, then everybody labels, labels them an overnight <laughs> success. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you about Thomas Edison who tried the light bulb and he didn't get it till the a thousandth time. No, he's not an overnight success who found a light bulb. Like, he tried over and over and over again. And I think you hear of these people's names all of a sudden and they're an overnight success. But how many things did they try first? Exactly. What? You know, it seems easier than once you see them in the spotlight. Like, oh, and yeah, sure, they just came in overnight. No, like, for instance, actors. I thought they just got you. Like, people don't realize how many times they've they've auditioned. Now, maybe some get lucky and like they get picked up at Home Depot. Like uh, Sean William Scott did actually. Um, first name that I could think of that had that scenario where it's like, hey, like you seem funny, whatever. I don't remember the exact backstory was, but he got picked up there. Well, he still had to be able to act. He still had to be right. able to do right. the things he was able to do. And that's not something he just woke up with, hey, I can do this. It, I mean, maybe it was. <laughs> Based on his interview, that's not how it felt. Like, he put in a lot of work. We don't see all that. Right. Just, right. And I think that's yeah. it with all of us. I think our society is actually the problem. We have this instant gratification society. So with Instagram and internet, TikTok, everything, they see these picture-perfect worlds that pop up out of the blue and they're like oh well they didn't really have to do much for that no they're just showing the the pretty sides of things what you're not seeing is all the stress the nights of no sleep no food because they didn't have money while they're building this project up there's so many different things that you don't get to see because that's not the sexy side of things people don't typically show that not the sexy side Um, that's kind of also like my my jam is showing the unsexy side of things. Like I show people be struggling while I'm, while I'm exercising and coming back. Like, Hey, like here's where I was running this speed. Like not fast, but Hey, it's faster than it was two days ago. And at least I'm moving. Um, things. And I always say that too, you know, it kind of goes back to, okay, do 10 minutes of an exercise snack. And I would rather have somebody and I make it clear on the front end of my class. Or if I have a session with somebody, if you are feeling 10% today of your norm, then I am so happy to get 10% from you instead of zero with your ass on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's those moments that stack too. No, that's fair. I love that. I love, I love the exercise snacks. That whole concept is I'm going to be using that. So. Sorry in advance, but if you hear me say it, I really, you know, hey, you got the, I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll say, this is, this is from Jesse. She gave me this tip. <laughs> um, you can use um, that. I love it. Just, just the whole concept. It. It's so <laughs> much, it's to. so fun just even saying it. So I know I'm going to be utilizing that a lot in, in the future, especially when talking about stacking wins. Um, yeah, there you but, go. There you go. Cool. Well, we're kind of getting close to, to the wrap up time here, but I do like to end things with a couple questions. Just to kind of see where people's okay. minds are at. Get some fun responses here. One of my favorite questions to ask, and hold on, I'm not going to preempt it. One of my favorite questions to ask is this. If you had any superpower, and whatever your interpretation of superpower is, what would that superpower be? If you could have it. Ooh. I would fly. Okay. Why? 
because yours truly loves some beach time, <laughs> loves some mountain time. I basically would fly all over creation, get my little fix in from wherever I am. But hey, I want to go to Sedona today. Okay, I'm going to go to Sedona. I want to go to the Bahamas. I'm feeling the Bahama vibe. Go Bahamas. So I think I would fly. I like it. So I've had a couple people respond with fly and make sense. One of the, one of the ones I heard, um, who said it, but she's like, similar to your like traveling, of course, amazing. She's like, I just want to see from the bird's eye perspective, the world, a different view of everything. Because sometimes life's so jaded. It's nice to be able to get outside yourself and see another view. I was like, that's so freaking cool. I would never even thought about that when flying. I'm just thinking, how do I get here? Like me personally, I chose uh, teleportation because I'm all about snapping my fingers getting there. Um, (laughs) But hey, I can be in like two seconds. Here we go. And then be back in time before it works up. Oh, that's pretty. (laughs) Hey, you might have had a better idea than I did. I was actually going to take the time and like flap my wings to get over there. You're going to get your exercise on though. That's the difference. (laughs) There you go. There you go. My little yeah. snack of exercise on my way to Tahiti. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a good calorie burner. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. <laughs> Has to be. Fair enough. <laughs> and one of my, the last question here, and this is another one of my favorite ones. If you, it's kind of kind of sign morbid, but if you passed away today, what would you, what would your life quote there be like on your epitaph? She impacted everybody she met. Okay. I like legacy. What it's all about. Yeah. I want to leave a mark, a positive (laughs) mark on everybody I come across. And if it's something like, hey, your exercise snack that you gleaned from it. Or when I was talking about the lady who has always put everyone else first. There's a listener out there that's going, Oh my God, that's me. You know, anybody who listens to this podcast, anybody who does bring me on as their trainer, nutritionist impact, making a difference to other people. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, I am a two Enneagram, just FYI, <laughs> which makes total sense. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, I'm going to actually add on to this question here. I love that. I love that. But I also okay. want to hear what is your favorite quote? Maybe one that you use consistently. Ooh. It, so I'm not going to nail it completely, but it's a Confucius quote about moving mountains by moving one stone okay. at a time. I know I don't know the verbatim what it is, but Basically. I know exactly what quote you're talking about. Also, I can never remember Confucius quotes, so that's fair. <laughs> I should have opened the journal. Yeah. It's in here somewhere. Oh, look who I opened to, <laughs> Confucius. Learn as if you are not reaching your goal and as though you are scared of oh, missing it. Ooh, that's good. Confucius. <laughs> so each day. Has its own oh, little quote. I love it. <laughs> and we can get that off of Amazon. It's out right now because you did it in a week. Week's time, yes. which is crazy. <laughs> I did it in a week. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time in here. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
definitely want to look into getting you back on here again. I want to hear more about the work you're doing, um, especially in the human trafficking realm and everything. Um, and why I want to get this journal, so I'm going to be ordering that here once we get off this call. And again, so, so grateful to have you on here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I know it was kind of hard squeezing in the old, like, new dad life moment. So I really appreciate also you taking the time to have me on. I really of do course. appreciate I, it. I had a blast. So, but all right, with that, I will let you, let you go here, give you the rest of the day. But thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Have a good one. Oh.